Law enforcement suicides are at an all-time high right now. One of the causes is poor leadership within the law enforcement profession. Nick, the host of the Roll Call Room podcast, has written a book, Police Mental Barricade, A Survivor's Guide to Poor Law Enforcement Leadership. This book is a raw and powerful look into suicide and how poor leadership decisions contribute to law enforcement suicides. Buy the book now at mentalhealthbarricade.com and stop the stigma. Welcome to Off Duty and On the Air. The issues discussed on Off Duty and On the Air podcast do not reflect the opinions of any specific agency. They are the views of the host and the guests. Any persons discussed may be fictional for comedic purposes only. This podcast is rated explicit and listener discretion is advised. Listening to Off Duty and On the Air may trigger repressed or suppressed memories or experiences. Please contact a mental health professional at your earliest convenience. You're listening to Off Duty and On the Air Podcast. The podcast is about being a cop and sorting through the bullshit without looking over your shoulder for internal investigations. Talking about major issues while helping you find the answers. And now, here's your hosts, Kelly, Mr. Hat, Dr. Dave, Mark the Cop, and Nick. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are kicking off our pilot episode of Off Duty and On the Air. I am one of your hosts, Nick. We'll go around the room. Uh, Mark, kick it off for us, buddy. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Mark the Cop. I'm one of your esteemed hosts. Um, Hello, my name is Dr. David, and I'm a part of this uh, fabulous team. I'm Mr. Hat. I'm part of this team by court order. (laughs) (laughs) I am the Kelly, and I'm just proud to be here. And I'm F.D. Donnie. Also proud to be here. It's awesome that you're still awake, Donnie. Uh, I appreciate so let's, that. Uh, go right into uh, how we uh, how we came about this uh, this new show. Uh, we did a um, a joint venture, a mashup, I guess we can call it, uh, of the roll call room and the shield mm-hmm. within. And the episode was just uh, just so great. Uh, it was two plus hours. Um, Thankfully, it was recorded on your end, uh, Mark, and your team, um, because the roll call room cannot be relied upon to <laughs> things. And uh, I guess we'll talk about that on another uh, roll call room episode, which was the <laughs> panic that set in that that beautiful two and a half hours was wasted. Uh, but what we did was, was we were talking behind the scenes and and we really see a need for a joint show like this of so many uh, folks that have different point of views uh, from the job. Uh, And specifically we have uh, something that not a lot of folks do have, which is somebody like Dr. Dave here to kind of help us through and kind of dissect some of the things. Um, Mm -hmm. We use a lot of comedy to, to disguise some of the, the, the real uh, Mm -hmm. festering issues. Uh, So, we're going to be relying very heavily in this show on Dr. Dave. We're going to be pointing stuff over to Dr. Dave and actually letting him uh, explain uh, why Jeff is so screwed up. <laughs> um, 
Jeff doesn't know this, but this whole show is going to be based around Jeff. Um, <laughs> I certainly have a lot of episodes we can we can download. Apparently. Yeah, and then like whenever Donnie is awake, we can kind of peel back some of those layers too, like what it was like to be the second responder. You know, um, I love you. Oh, wow, I love you so much. Um, <laughs> We're only, we're only two minutes in already. <laughs> and Don, aren't you glad you're here? Yeah, yeah. I'm very glad. You're, you're just jealous that your field training does not involve a train. Um, <laughs> we just do that back at the station. All aboard! <laughs> but I joke. Uh, I couldn't resist. Uh, wow, Mark. Uh, I turn it over. <laughs> we'll start off. Yeah. Well, you know, Nick, I don't know if this is a good idea with you and I on the same show or not. It's like a no. couple of ringmasters here in a five-ring circus. Um, this show is going to be more of, I feel, and in, in what we've talked about several times, and, and if I'm reiterating, I apologize, but let's talk about the healing side. Um, I know you've been through the fire, Nick. I've been through the fire, um, Mr. Hat has had his experiences, experiences. Uh, you know, Donnie little legit has been through the fire. And then, uh, Kelly, sadly, I put her in the middle of the fire. So, you know, so we're all on the other side of public safety. And, um, I can tell you my personal story is I was thinking that, boy, you know, I get off the job, I get in some intensive therapy, anything's going to be great. Well, there is some success. Yeah, but there's also ongoing work mm-hmm. that needs done. I retired two years ago, almost two years coming up here, April the 10th. So we're almost a month away. Um, still having problems. I still have rage issues, still have sleep issues, still have stomach issues. I'm still horribly overweight, you know, so is it rainbows and unicorns? Um, it's better. Uh, it's not quite like it is and in one thing although there is several successes you know my marriage is put back together and i'm thankful for that awesome um we're, we continue to push forward but um i think we need to echo a little bit more that every day is a little bit of a therapy day mm-hmm. and uh you, you just have to do a little more self-care you need to learn and i hope i don't sound like a broken record but you know my life now is like as if i'm a paraplegic you know, I need to learn how to, how to live without my legs, you know, and, and that's not, that's not saying anything about Americans with disabilities, but I have a disability and it, it sadly is what's between my ears mm-hmm. and I'm not the same person anymore. Right. Although we like to laugh and carry on and say, you know, I hear people say, Oh, well, you guys are having so much fun on that podcast. Yeah, we are. We are having fun. Uh, I'm very uh, thankful and, and uh, I think blessed to be, a part of this thank you all very much and i and i hope our listeners listening in get something out of it and have a good time right on um one of the things i guess that i come into this today is uh something that my clients taught me over uh four decades plus of doing clinical work i'm I'm retired now and uh, i got called back into active service didn't activate my license but i'm doing coaching now and the same is true for the folks I'm doing coaching with now, too. Much of what we end up doing on our shows, and I think all of us as individuals do, 
is to work on what I call the four F's, the things that get us through the tough shit. And actually the, the teachers of that, this set of uh, skills to me were abused children, foster kids, sexually, physically abused kids. They told me stories that made me have a real basic question. How the hell did you get through that? And I just kept listening to their answers. And eventually I saw patterns. The, the things that got people through the hardest shit was faith, family, friends, and favorite activities. Mm. So in thinking about getting ready to be off the road, and here we are on the air, I thought, this is a show about the four Fs. This is a show about how you make self-love into a nice phrase, into an actual daily behavior. And when I do start coaching with someone, I say to them in the first five minutes, we are going to come up with something during this hour that you're going to do as soon as we hang up the phone. That's the point. And activity that you're focused on is intentional. I am going to care for my body today. I'm going to care for my emotions today. I'm going to take care of my thinking today. I'm going to take care of my relationships today. These are all things that make the present more powerful and get you ready for being off the road. Because the thing is, when you're off the road and you've lived your whole life doing honestly anything, but especially law enforcement, it seems, it's hard to get your head out of that place. And then you're lost and you feel like your whole meaning in your life is gone. No, not if you nurture the four F's, man. If you nurture the four F's, you're going to get to the point where you say goodbye, turn in your badge, your gun, walk out the door, get in your car, drive away into something meaningful, rewarding, valuable, exciting, mm. more like fucking finally I get time to do this <laughs> rather than God, what am I going to do with my time? You can't yeah. wait to jump into the first half day. Because you've been waiting for this for a long time. Mm -hmm. And with that, I think we can end the show. <laughs> right. um, I've got some work to do. <laughs> that was wow. That was great. So, it's off to you, you uh, Mr. Hat. Mr. Hat, turn. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, what can you say? With what Mark and uh, Doctor Dave just said, but um, my journey here. Um, I'm 30 plus years in law enforcement, just retired a year ago or yeah, one year ago, just a couple of days ago, thinking that, man, my, that's, I went my whole career thinking, man, if I could just get to retirement, that's when all my shit's going away. Um, that's when my life's going to change. All the stresses are going to be gone. Um, but quite the contrary, um, now that I have the free time and stuff like that, it, um, um, that's when the hauntings I'd say start. Um, and I've been a, um, client of Dave's for, uh, several years now. And I, that was the first time I realized I've lost those four F's. I didn't even know I lost them and I'm trying to find them. And I was fortunate enough to, uh, be, uh, with Mark, the cop here, we were midnight sergeants for different organizations. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And my beloved organization, I was one of the senior sergeants in the uh, the highway patrol, and I, I had a 
all three shifts. I worked two midnights, two afternoons, one day shift. You know, I was like, wow, this is really great. I'm the fucking senior guy around. But fortunately, that gave me the opportunity to uh, meet up with Mark the Cop here on every Sunday night. We had a little Sergeant Sunday. Sergeant Sunday, wasn't it? So I got uh, therapy on day <laughs> with Dave on Friday and uh, Mark the Cop on Sunday. And just through that relationship and, and how important that relationship was. And then we got in with, you know, then Donnie's part of it. And then now Kelly. And it's just, I mean, it's just a f- freaking phenomenal um thing that we have together and through the shit i'm dealing with um, mentally physically emotionally um a lot of people and i'll just say this real quick and i'll move on a lot of people i was a sergeant for 18 years so i had people coming in my office all day every day hey i got this problem i got this problem i got this problem and i was happy to help and then when people are hearing this they're like jesus i thought you had this i thought you were i thought you were you know mentally you were like the Mm -hmm. stable one Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, maybe because I hit it or whatever. Right. Um, but when people start telling me that, like, wow, I had no idea you were struggling that hard. And if I can share that and I'm I go to a, uh, a different therapist and we still talk with Dave and um, I want to be able to put that out there and share that. It's OK to not be OK, but you need you need to get pointed in the right direction. And that's my goal for all of us. Awesome. Awesome. The Kelly. Hello, I am the Kelly. So my experiences are not um, as long term as these gentlemen here. I started in 2013 in my police journey and happily ended it in 2021. Um, I it's hard for me because I didn't feel like there was anything wrong until it we all kind of started addressing it. Then you you start feeling and it the answers just kind of flood you. Mm -hmm. You don't feel like there's, you know, you feel like, Oh, I'm fine. Everything is cool and everything is okay. And then you start having these important intense conversations with other people and it's, it starts to kind of surface and you're like, Whoa, why am I feeling this way? And why do I (laughs) have these emotions and why can't I just control myself? And, you know, then you kind of lose yourself of your your self identity, and through all of that, and particularly this group, uh, I'm learning a lot about myself and a lot about uh, things that hopefully I can overcome. I'm pretty confident person, but until you get into the room and and you start doing that intense healing, and it doesn't matter how happy somebody seems on the outside, you can't you can't go multiple years of of law enforcement and not take care of yourself. Right. You just you just can't. It doesn't matter how good you feel about yourself. Yeah, it's it's there. Mm-hmm. It's there. And yeah. and I'm so happy and I'm thankful for you guys that I'm taking care of it now. Then in a, you know when it could be too You're late. You're old like us. When it could be too late. <laughs> When it could be too late. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell sure. you this. Um, the next person I'm I'm pretty um, excited as much as we, we joke around with him being um, from the FD side. Um, <laughs> I'm kind of intrigued because I didn't, I didn't get a lot of exposure on my other show with a lot of the FD side. I had one, um, one guy on my old show that was, um, in the fire department for six years and then jumped over to the Jedi side. Uh, <laughs> we call them cross-dressers. <laughs> well, and I'll tell you this, is, uh, and um, I'm looking at his transcript right now. 
and, <laughs> him, and he said it was the best move he ever made jumping over uh, because he got tired of sleeping all the time. <laughs> That's word for word. But in all, in all word honesty, for word. it's I, I, I'm really intrigued on uh, FD Donnie's side because when you think of the first responder side, I think FD paramedics and dispatchers all get lumped in, which is mm-hmm. there, there is no collateral damage. There is no residual. And um, I might be a little guilty of that on the dispatcher side. And that was only fairly like recent where I was like, wow, they really get like a tremendous amount of trauma and no resolve at the end of it. Like they take the call. Yeah. They really don't know what the end result is. So I, I say that because I want to kick it over to FD Donnie and kind of get your perspective. Like you've been the guy behind the scenes or sort of on the scene with the shield within. And I've had interaction with you with bailing me out with editing and stuff because I suck at it. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I want to kind of get the, the, the FD side. I want to kind of get your point of view too. All right. Well, I was with uh, the department for 24 years of sleeping. <laughs> and so for a adventure. couple hours of that 24 hours, you know, or 24 years worth, I did have to move the cops out of the way so we could go into the fire. <laughs> we'll just throw those two out there real quick and be done. Block every lane of the highway. Yeah, exactly. right, right. Here's my big truck. No, but on the fire department side, I mean, there was a lot of stuff that we've seen over the years. Um, I was one, you know, as a cat retired as a captain, um, was a lieutenant for a while. And, and a lot of the stuff that we see, you know, day in and day out on different calls, um, fatalities and just all the different stuff. And then we bring that stuff home with us. You know, it comes across to our families. And uh, basically, it was if it wasn't for Mark the cop, I probably wouldn't be here today. Um, you know, he, he came to my house one day, you know, and we, we just had a little discussion. And I was at that point of, you know, everything I've seen over the years. And it was it was my time. And and like I said, I talked to Mark and then Mark kind of, you know, he helped me through everything, told me where I needed to get, um, you know, with Dr. David here. And then also with uh, another therapist that we've talked to or counselor and, and he's helped me with everything. And then also, uh, saved my marriage as well. So, mm. you know, there was a bunch yeah. of different things I brought home every day to my kids, to everything. So, mm-hmm. um, fire department side of it, you, you know, the thing is you see this stuff every day we pass, you know, where somebody died or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. And it's just, it, that just replays in your mind. So, but yeah, after 24 years, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. I, I think, I think all of us on the first responder side, like I know for me, I don't go into the city that I worked in very often or at all. Sorry. I don't at all. Since I've left, I don't drive through there. That's when I drive through the major highway 95 that goes through the city mm-hmm. and I'll have my daughter in the car or I'll have my, my daughter and my wife in the car and I only associate specific geographical areas within the city that I patrolled based on the horrific things that have happened. <laughs> we'll drive by and I'll go, yeah, that, that building right there, somebody jumped out the 15th floor. Uh, that building right there, somebody tried to blow us up while we were on a call. So we're, we're, we, we kind of take that and kind of that's how we relate to things when we're driving by. So just that kind of residual drama, uh, trauma. Um, I did have a question for Dr. Dave while everybody was going around, which was, and this is a pretty profound question. I don't, I don't expect for you to have the, 
the Yoda answer to, to uh, <laughs> I bet he does. <laughs> I was giving right. him right. the so I'll put like, 20 bucks on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 30. My question, I actually wrote it down. So for me to write <laughs> Okay, here we go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it says, what do you think that the biggest obstacle is for first responders to go get that help? What do you think the, the, the biggest... Because I think all all of us and within uh, that are first responders, we're all like, I don't need help, or I just don't want to get help. Oh yeah, right. What do you think Absolutely. the major like block blockage is for those folks that are listening? I think of it as internal and external. So there's actually a number one for each of those. Mm. Internal, um, the thing that seems to get in the way is like you just described, what most people would call denial. I'm fine. I know I'm not fine, but I'm going to say and try and convince myself that I am fine. And you're put in enough circumstances over the course of a day, a week, a month where people are saying, dude, are you okay? Oh yeah, I'm fine, man. And so you get that and you just practice it over and over and over right. again until Absolutely. you like, Hey, yeah, I really am. Okay. Mm -hmm. Bullshit. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's the internal one. I'm fine. The insistence on being fine, the insistence on dismissing all the other things that say, I'm not fine. External, I've found this, you know, people have talked about how much shit they get from their departments, and I believe every word of it. Mm -hmm. But the stuff that ended up keeping folks out of my office was money and mm -hmm. pragmatics. Like, when during the week am I going to have time for a counseling appointment? have to drive out of my home, out of my city, drive half an hour to see you. I'm going to be there for an hour, maybe more if we're doing trauma resolution. Then I got to drive back home. I don't know what kind of shape I'm going to be in when I get back home. It just chunks out the day. And if you start doing trauma resolution work, you might want to see the therapist more often. So it gets to be a, just a practical thing. I can't get the time off. I can't get the time off discreetly so that nobody has to ask too many questions about where I've gone, where were you all, that kind of shit. I heard so many people talked about just, if I can find the time, if mm -hmm. I can carve out the right day, the right time, and since I'm cheap, it was easy for that end, but it was a hard thing to get people to find the spot in their, their day or their week to do an appointment. Those are the in, That's the internal and the external things. Do you think uh, at all there's a little bit of the fear of, of seeing seeming weak? <laughs> I think we all got hands in the air on that one. <laughs> Go ahead, David. For me. Go ahead, David. I'm throwing some thunder at you, Dave. I, I, mean, I, I say that because um, I, I what's what's your opinion on that? And then I'll then I'll 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 have diarrhea of the mouth. <laughs> Clinch for a minute, Nick. <laughs> um. Tell me, rephrase the question for me. Do you think at all that maybe one of the major reasons why folks don't come forward um, is the fear of seeming weak to their peers, um, bosses above them, uh, and even in their relationship, seeming weak and vulnerable? Do you do you think at all that that has some contributing factors to it what most people talked about was and this is true for all trauma folks that i work with car accidents fires a lot of sexual victimization um people understand when they walk in the room actually before they make the first phone call 
they have this like, okay, if I'm going to do this, I got to be open to walking up to the shit that I've been walking away from so expertly for the last X number of decades in my life. I mean, I had a woman who carried incest around in her mind for over six decades. Oh my. It shaped her whole adult life. Mm. She never sought help for it until she retired. So all of a sudden you go, oh shit, I'm ready to do this. Am I ready to do this? I'm not ready to do this. I'm ready to do this, man. I got to do this. Something has to happen. It kicks you over the line and you make the phone call and you understand when you make the phone call, I have to acknowledge that I'm ready to face the hard shit. And what, what I come to, what I've come to call surrendering to the truth, you know, I think most first responders and most rape survivors for that matter, they all know I got some work to do Yeah, and doing it means facing up to the fact that I have some work to do. And understanding that when I do the work, it's going to be hard and it's going to change me in ways I cannot predict or even imagine. And that Mm. by itself is scary as fuck. (laughs) I know where I've been. Mm -hmm. I've somehow managed Mm -hmm. to make it work for X number of years. Now I'm willing to just throw it all up in the air and see where it lands and reorganize. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, large so <laughs> yeah I th- there's I think, much hesitation yeah i think one of the goals for this for for off duty and on the air is to bridge that gap between feeling weak and vulnerable and getting them in your front door oh amen that we bridge that gap mm-hmm. uh and then yeah. the other thing is is how what is your feeling on and i'm i'm, I'm going off an exit here what is your what is your feeling on quarterly PTSD, um, quarterly P- PTSD anal- uh, analysis for first responders? We have taken the position on the shield within and have uh, advocated for this strongly that when somebody starts a career in, in law enforcement or any kind of first responder train, uh, profession, have a therapist when you start the job. If, if, if your department doesn't direct you or provide you with that resource, find it yourself. To yeah. me, it's much like if you went into a job where you were going to have a lot of heavy physical demands, get a trainer, have somebody help you <laughs> yeah. with that shit. Yeah. You know? yeah. If you're going to be doing that all the time, same thing here. And, and I've just been reading just here in the last week. I got lots more to read about this. But what has happened kind of like small but growing mm. is this thing called a mental health gym. Mm which is focusing on those things that enhance, increase your own well-being, your own mental health. I like the idea a lot. Started to check into it a little bit just this week, just a little bit of time I've had. I like this idea a lot. And I think it's really the whole thing. You start out your career checking in and assuming I'm going to need mental health help from time to time. Mm-hmm. So whether I see somebody every three months, every six months, once a year, I'm up for all that. And have, again, <laughs> You don't want to mandate it. You don't want to force it because then it gets, you get instant resistance to just the oh, fact yeah. that I'm going in the Very door. Yeah. But if, if the, if you, the person, your coworkers, your department are selling you on the wisdom of doing this, you're probably going to do it or at least consider it strongly. And I think that makes a huge difference to walk into your career with that resource in your back pocket. Very, very true. I want, I want to ask FD Donnie something. Mark, jump in if, 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 uh, if you uh, if you okay. want to uh, 
chime in too because you were so, so we're, we'll just leave the hands down from here so if it's a like a and like a gang initiation jump in so I'm, <laughs> yeah i'm just going to clear the table <laughs> go ahead i don't do something um, oh uh, donnie you said something because um out of all of us you had three sergeants in the room and then you as a captain on the fd side now what you've been through now, everything. Let's say you were still on the job. You were you were still a captain, right? Proby comes out of the the academy. What's the piece of advice that you would give? Aside from the equipment stuff, aside from you know save your you know making sure you save your ass and 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 taking care of yourself. What is your advice now that you've been through all of the shit that you've been through? What would be the advice you as a captain when they first come to your station? I mean, after you show them where their bed is and, and how they, you know, hold, <laughs> there it is. Um, what's, what's the other? Don't forget their shelf in the refrigerator. There's your sippy cup right there. <laughs> this is our coupon clipping scissor. Uh-huh. This, is, this is what uh-huh. we do for grocery shopping. And this is where we keep the tourniquets in case a cop gets you. Know. <laughs> Ow. Yeah. Shots fired, literally. Blue canary. Well, Tell yeah, the blue yeah, canary. Yeah, the blue canary. <laughs> no, I mean, in all honesty, I, I was actually at my son's basketball game today, and, and the lady next to me was talking about, aren't you on the fire department? And I'm like, no. I said, you know, I gave it up two years ago. And she said, well, my son's currently taking it at, in high school, and he's getting ready to go to his EMT school as soon as he turns 18. She goes, so, so what do you think on that? I said, don't do it. And then she said, what do you mean wow. by that? I said, because, I mean, you could do it. I said, it's a great job. But in return, uh, I said, get mental health started right away. Um, at least start doing your check-ins now, yeah. you know, and just maintaining your 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 mind uh, in that way. So when things do hit, you can start to deal with it then. Because if I would have had that 24 years ago, I probably wouldn't have made a million of the mistakes that I did. So mental health is the biggest thing and and i will i will say that to everybody that you know that's starting out you, you need you, you first started in the fire department mental health was a big thing big deal n- not at all it, mental health at the time was i mean it was was on the back burner it wasn't even on the, it wasn't even really close to the stove i think if we went down <laughs> the room like is anybody in the room does anybody feel like when they first started mental health was mental mental health was the top of your list at all was it even yeah. on, was it even on your radar not it no. wasn't for me at all no, absolutely it was not. not even close and it was never discussed in the academy like never ever discussed no and the, the thing about it is the mental health even if it was discussed um i was fucking eight foot tall made of fucking steel you know <laughs> yes. when i first started i didn't even goddamn mental health i'm fine you know, and, and uh, you know, like, like Jeff and I used to door up and we talk about, hey, remember your first fatal? Yeah, man, wasn't that fucking cool? Yeah, you know, dude's eyeballs are hanging out, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, so at that stage in the game, you, you aren't cognizant that you're starting to add, you're, you're adding to your, and I called mine the Pandora's box because there's a lot of ugly fucking shit in there. Um, the photo album. Yeah, Donnie has the photo album. Um if we get some time, I'd like for you to talk about that just yep. very, very briefly. But like with me, all of my traumas that I didn't deal with, Nick, mm-hmm. um, I threw in a box and I just, I just simply didn't, Oh, there we are. And I just simply didn't deal with it. I just threw it away I, or, or I just threw it in the box and, and put the lid on. But in 2006, 2007, my fucking box flipped over mm-hmm. and all this shit just 
started pouring out and it, it was, it was like whack-a-mole. I mean, I, I just, you know, I, I just couldn't deal with it. And then on top of that, I have more traumas coming in. Yeah. So, you know, my Pandora's box was like a, you know, a five gallon bucket with a bunch of holes drilled in the bottom and I got a fucking mess. Yeah. So my shit's everywhere. And you know, I'm trying to put life together. You know, the marriage is going to shit. My wife and I separated. Of course, I did the smart thing. <laughs> hey, let's get a girlfriend. Yeah, that was smart. <laughs> but, um, you know, as if things ain't fucked up enough, let's let's add this in. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and then one day I ended up walking up this long stairway on Poplar Street in Sydney. And, you know, my good friend to my right here was sitting on the other side of the doorway. And, uh getting to that point of I need something's fucked up and um, yeah, it might start with a suicide attempt. It was right after an honor guard. I just did a line of duty for firemen. It was, it was a fire service and uh, they called me up and they said, Hey man, we need one more. Would you come up? I said, sure. And uh, we know the guy we'll talk off air who the guy was. He just retired. Um, you know, what I'm talking about uh, and good luck to him. Um, and I said, sure. So, so the, so the fire department, police department joke, you were on a guard, right, Nick? Yeah, oh yeah. 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 So, you know, the jokes were going back and forth, but, uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, I went up and did a, a fireman. It, it was a, it was an active duty, not line of duty. So he had died. He had, had a heart attack. He was on, on, a, on the fire department and then died. Yeah, yeah. And I was in my honor guard uniform and I'm like, yeah, let's do this today. This would be a good time to do this. And yeah, it didn't happen. Uh, but we can talk about that in a future show why it didn't happen. But it something snapped, and I'm like, "Whoa, wait a minute, what the fuck is going on here?" And then I called a good friend, and he's like, "Hey, man, uh, you need to talk to my buddy." <laughs> he's like, "God damn, dude, you are you're not the same dude, and you're fucking hurting, aren't you?" And I said, "Yeah." And um, so, but I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know what is PTSD what's happening to me. Mm. And then, uh, you know, when I met Dr. Dave and we started and of course I thought, yeah, a couple sessions. Yeah. We'll be good. We'll go right back to work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm Sounds still in therapy right. today <laughs> and it isn't any better. And I've been off the job and like what I said, you know, in, in David said, no, I thought that was very good. Why don't you go to therapy cost? Right. Yeah. What's the cost if you don't Donnie, could be death. Yeah. For one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What, what's the real cost, you know, of not going to therapy? The real costs are, um, let's see, you're, you're spiraling. So I'm going to go out and have some drinks with the boys. And now I'm fucked up. And oh, my goodness, Mr. Hat's behind me, <laughs> you know, or someone gotcha. of his brethren, gotcha. you know, and now right. we're arrested for OB. What's the, what's the average cost of an OBI now, Mr. Hat? Ooh, five grand, 10 grand. 10. Yeah. Yeah, $10,000 for one bad mistake. Oh, wait a minute. You're a first responder, so guess what? You're on the news. Front page. <laughs> front page. Right down front. Yeah. Yeah. So now that's... you're humiliated. Yeah. Uh, now, not only you are personally, but now guess who's going to be up your nose? Right. Yeah. The 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 brass. The uh, AI guy. Yeah. The, now you're going through AI. Um, and so what's the cost? Okay. Yeah. So now we got reputation. Right. We got money. Okay. And why aren't you going in that door? Cost. I don't right. have, you know, it, it's, I don't know. Average. I can tell you in my world, the cost of my psychiatrist and I'll pay it that Dr. Dave's not a psychiatrist, 
but I use Molly Hall, um, and you can look her up. She's wonderful, but it's $225 for an hour. I'll pay that all fucking day long. Money well um, spent. It, it really is. I mean, it really is. But, um, and some people say, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, but what's the cost? Yeah. What's the real cost? Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you what the cost is, Mark. Um, and I'll give a statistic. Uh, it's the 4th of March. Um, mm-hmm. This gets released. There's been 18 line of duty deaths in 2023, and there's Oof. been 15 suicides this year. Law enforcement suicides. Oh, my goodness. 18 and 18. Hmm. Exactly the same. So there's your cost. Like, that's right. unbelievable. Right. I Since saw the that first of the year. Yeah, I saw that statistic this morning and I wrote it down on my my, my nifty pad because I would have forgotten about it. And I knew we were going to do this show and I wanted to somehow put that in, which was 18 and 18. And so every year over the last, I think, three years, we've always had more suicides over line of duty deaths. And that's just in law enforcement. Right. I don't I don't have the FD side, but. Um, I'll make sure next episode we do, uh, we should have those statistics and it's, those are the ones that are reported. Right. So there are a lot that aren't reported or that are, uh, accidental discharges or or something Mm -hmm. like that. So Mark, that's very profound, which is, is that, I mean, 225 or what what was it to, yeah, 225 an hour. Yes, she's two hundred twenty-five dollars for that's, her, but and that's some people say that's cheap. I mean, I hear people that's paying four hundred. I mean, I mean, Donnie spends that on massages. <laughs> <laughs> What's your point, Nick? <laughs> well, he's happy when he leaves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the flip side to that is, is <laughs> you said flip. <laughs> the flip side to that is, is it Jeff that's doing the massages? So, <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> Donnie, is there a video? <laughs> How do you know that? Yeah. Uh, to get back on track, you guys. <laughs> My attorney fee is three hundred and fifty dollars an hour, and Ooh. I'm comparing. I'm comparing attorney fees to deal with the crap that you get yourself into. Yeah. And if you don't just go back to the mental health, I mean, that's that's definitely that's. Intense. Okay, so you're talking about divorce. Keep just yeah, keep keep going on that. What, oh, what I thought happened? you were telling me to stop talking. No, this is keep going. <laughs> this is keep rolling. Like, no, I'm keep like, rolling yeah. with this. No. So you well, you know, anything that you need your attorney for it, whether it's divorce, whether it's the OVI that you got because you're out drinking, whether it's a poor choice and you get into a domestic violence situation at home. Oh, yeah. I mean, okay. anything that you encounter because you can't keep control of your mind. Mm. Sounds powerful. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Yeah, that's, I mean, I think that was my big question for you, Dr. Dave, which was what was the barrier? Uh, I mean, I've, I'm sure you've seen a lot, a lot of folks come in on their first visit. I, I mean, I remember my very first therapy visit was right after my attempt. And man, I all it took was for the therapist was to like just, and I remember it. I don't remember a lot from that time but i remember her saying looks like you got the weight of the world on your shoulders and that was mm. that was it man the, the dam exactly. just opened up yeah and i think it's just if you can get yourself in that door i think if you could work through that barrier those barriers that you spoke about yeah and go for just that one session but i say this a lot on on the other show and i also say it in in the books 
is therapists are kind of, you have to find the one that you connect to. And I think where people oh, go yeah. wrong is, is they go to one and it, it's kind of like a relationship. It, if it, if it doesn't gel, you're going to know it's not going to gel. Like if right. you just know you go in that room and you're just not gelling with that person, find another one. And if that one doesn't work, find another one, find another one. Like there's so many that are out there. Mm-hmm. You'll find that one person that you really connect with where I think people go wrong is, is that they feel that their relationship, their personal relationship that they're in, their counterpart is that therapist. And that's not a, that, I mean, Dr. Dave, you could speak to it for me. I don't think that's a very healthy way of doing it. You need that impartial person, that, that third party. Totally agree. And I also agree strong with your point. Mark's made it many times too, that, Seeing a therapist doesn't mean you're going to fit with that therapist. You spend all your existence getting yourself to make that phone call. You walk in the door, you figure out how to do all the pragmatic shit. You walk in the door and it's like 15, you know, an hour later, like, oh shit, that's not going to go anywhere. And I know it's not going to go anywhere. So my recommendation to folks from coaching right now is find three people, ask them for a 15 minute freebie. Mm. If they give you a 15 minute freebie, you're going to know when you walk out the door, yes or no, probably. And if they won't, they won't give you a 15 minute freebie. They're not the person for you to see. Makes it pretty simple. So, 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 well, well, to clarify a 15 minute freebie means give me 15 minutes of your time. I want to come in and meet you and have a determination whether I want to sign up as your therapist as you for have you as my therapist. Yeah. Yeah. Why wouldn't you offer that as a therapist, a 15 minute like freebie? Oh man. Some people's time is just so valuable. Yeah. <laughs> I love the sarcasm. <laughs> yeah. That would concern me if the person was like, I just don't have 15 minutes to give. Yes, exactly. Right. You're just not, oh, you're not invested in my mental stability then. Right. Like exactly. You're invested in your cuts in your wallet. Some, That's some 15 it. minute freebies are not worth it though. Are yeah. they? Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna disagree with good. that. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, disagree. Fifteen, 15 minute freebie is it's a fifteen giving, minute freebie, and you're giving Jeff a lot of credit for fifteen minutes. <laughs> uh, there has to be there has to be payment somewhere in there. <laughs> Jeff's more like a minute or a three minute freebie, and. Yeah, yeah. Go on. <laughs> Everything's faster in the highway patrol, brother. Oh my God. <laughs> and shorter. <laughs> and shorter. Wow. That's why wow. we get big hats. <laughs> no, you get white hats. Yeah. And no raincoats. <laughs> yeah, really cool raincoats. Yeah, we all had raincoats. Well, to get back to the uh, therapist thing, you know, we, we were talking about, you know, you get all. And I can tell you the energy that I had to get to therapy. It, Jesus, I, mean, I would have rather, you know, went and dug a six foot hole with a needle mm-hmm. than to have to do that again, to get that energy, to get your ass in there. And then you walk in the door and this dude's a, or gal is, it's that uh, God, this is terrible. You know, this is a shit show. And, you know, I, I can remember leaving one therapist office. I was actually mad at the therapist. I'm like, thanks for wasting my fucking time. Here's your fucking money. You know, and it, because it was, well, how do you think we can fix that? I don't know. That's why I'm here. You know, what's the resources, you know, and, and I didn't know anything about it. I didn't have the where. Well, I didn't have this knowledge. And that's where we want to say, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I really love that you said, just go through the book, 
find three people or four people or whatever and and see can i have a 15 minute consultation and see who you click with yeah um when by the time i climbed the stairs there on poplar street in sydney as soon as i walked in the door the energy clicked mm-hmm. instantly and i'm like and david's dropping the f-bomb and i mean like within he's like yeah sit the fuck down hey what are you doing man i'm david well i'm like whoa i like this guy and then david and i connect on music i mean and, and it, it just i felt really comfortable another thing you got to remember is be honest oh, don't go to fucking therapy and lie bro yeah because if you're lying if you're just there in couples therapy with your significant other and you're still doing like me, still have your side check, you're wasting everyone's time. And worst of all, you're wasting yours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So clear the field. Like I like to say, you know, you really got to do some growing up. You really got to do some look at that guy in the mirror pretty hard. Cause I hated that motherfucker for a long time, mm. but, uh, the, the better work. And when we're talking about the work, we're talking about going and doing therapy and it, everyone answer at the same time. If you disagree, say no, but doesn't the work suck? Yes. Terrible. Oh yeah. Terrible. Terrible. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, and Donnie's grimacing like, Oh I call, yeah. I had to call Nick for therapy before I went to therapy. The other day. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a 45 minute therapy session with Nick before I went in for an hour and a half therapy session. And so invoice I, Mr. I, I, yeah, I felt care of the atlas. I kind of felt like, Oh wow. I felt like I had coach at, at, at a sporting team. I had to like, but it was a good that. session. It was a very, it was good for both of us. Cause I think we were both down that day. We were both. Yes. Like, yes. Right. 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 We right, were right. both very down that day. And I think people need to understand also is, is just because you're in therapy and th- no day is ever like, I'll have like six really good days and then like two really bad days. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's not a fix all. Like it's not, it's not like where switch turns. I yeah. just want to add, like, it's, it's hard to go through the, that um, therapy store. Mm-hmm. But what helped me was finding the right people like Mark the cop here, just dooring up with him every night, sharing the shit. And, you know, we, then you get a talking about hard stuff where I have thousands of friends, but there's none of them. But the people in this room and on the computer screen that I could talk to, to, to know and give me good advice like, hey, bro. And but there's those people out there. And Mark said and he mentioned another friend. He's like, dude. I got a guy you need to talk to right now. And Dr. Dave called him and immediately Dr. Dave is a coach. So Dr. Dave and Mark helped me live another week with David's help of going down the therapy line. I was getting fixed for the minute and the hour and the day and the week, but I needed life fixture where a therapist can get. And I finally, um, I went to some therapies here and there and it just like we were talking earlier, like, ah, I'm fine, dude. That's, that's fine. But I knew I wasn't. And, and I finally got to Dave. I was like, Hey, I'm, I really need fixed. And from childhood on whatever. So he did exactly that. Gave me three people. And those were hard three calls to make. Like you feel stupid. <laughs> like, Hey, uh, and they're like, well, I could get you in in May. And this is like December or something. I'm yeah. like, Hey, Oh shit, yeah. dude, I need like help like tomorrow, you know? And finally, finally came ar- across the right guy in the second, uh, I went in there. It's magic, and it's really great. So, that just find, I would say find a find a good friend that you can tell anything to, and they'll hold you accountable to your shit. Great and accountability coach, right? Yeah. And not some dude just like patch on the back, like yeah, you're fucked up, yeah, your wife's fucked up, everybody's fucked are. up, right? Yeah. 
um, to, to actually help you. And that really got me uh, through the front doors of a therapist. And I think, I think you just summed up the whole entire off duty and on the air, which is for you to tune in to this show and understand that there are uh, five people that have been through it, know what it's about and have come out through the other side. Um, and then there's Dr. Dave with his super sexy voice. <laughs> so sexy. Yeah, we're going to get him doing some voiceover work, too. So. I can't wait for that. Anything... <laughs> That's private time for me. We all have our own version of therapy, right? Now. <laughs> yeah, we do. Um, <laughs> what'd you say? Daddy's got to eat. Dave just might be our conductor of the train. <laughs> Daddy's got to eat. Um, that's going to be a drop on my soundboard soon. <laughs> what? Daddy's got to eat. Daddy's got to eat. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll do some voiceover. You want David we'll, to say that? Well, I know. I want Kelly well, to say uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you do, weirdo. <laughs> I will, I will, uh, I will say that I think, I think you, uh, Jeff, I think you really kind of summed it up. Like there are a lot of podcasts out there. There are a lot of folks that talk about, uh, stuff. There's a lot of, you know, uh, first responder podcasts out there, uh, and they play it safe and, and nothing, no dig towards them. That's their, 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 their audience. That's fine. But I think what needs to be said and has to be said, I think the folks that are involved in this project are probably the foremost experts at this point in the game. Um, And I'm not trying to oversell it, but it's, it's legitimately the truth, which is, you know, you walked around with a a gun full of bullets. Now you walk around with a gun full of memories. So you do. Oh, wow. Yes. (laughs) There's our sound. That's a t-shirt. Right. Full right, reserve, copyright, Nick. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, I say that I, I this episode was really the pilot episode of us just kind of introducing all of ourselves, who we are, how we got to this point. Uh, it's amazing how uh, all roads kind of interject with each other at some point yeah. because uh, a year ago, two years ago, I don't, I didn't know any of you folks, and now I know though most of you most. Uh, too much. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, Nick. I, that, that was that that picture was for somebody else, but. <laughs> uh, you ever seen you a tic tac that small? <laughs> it was more like a button, but anyway, button on a fur coat. <laughs> I'm a visual person. This is not going great. <laughs> Yeah, your phone's going to go off here in a minute. (laughs) But I think if if we could recreate the the text group that we have with all these folks that are that are in this in this uh, project right now, if we can create that on a larger scale, where you can carve out forty five minutes of your day and listen to this, and it helps, then then we've done what what our goal was. So. I think um, we're going to wrap it up for this episode, um, and and I'm going to open it up to the to the crew crew over there. Um, any feedback? Any any anything you want to say before we head out? 
Want to do reverse batting order and start with Donnie? Yeah, yeah, let's do that while he's still awake. Reverse, reverse. Yeah, while, while he's still, still awake. awake. Keep me awake for a minute. <laughs> I heard some snoring over there. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I'll leave that one alone, too. And I just really hope that for everybody that does listen to this, though, you know, we, we get the, the message out that, you know, your, your mental health is everything and, and, and get started early on it. And for those who have been in it and, and know that there is, there is life after this. So after you get done with the, the public service, so yeah, I just hope everybody listens and, and gets that help that they need. Awesome. Awesome. Well said. We'll go to the Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> I get intro music. Thank you so much. Oh, Oh, that wasn't intro music. That was outro music. I'm extra sad now. Don't worry. You'll have your own intro music. It might be working on it. I have something really thoughtful to say. Worry about yourself. <laughs> no, this is serious. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were looking at joke. Nick when you said that. Sorry. No, you need to worry about yourself. Um, don't worry about what other people are going to think about your journey because at the end of the day, you have to live with yourself. They won't be there anyways. So you're going to be alone in a room by yourself and take care of yourself before you worry about what it looks like to other people to get help. Right on. 100%. Right. That was really good. And find, find somebody, some people that you can talk to, safe people, to mm. point you and help you in the right direction when you're veering off. And that's what everybody at this table, everybody in this group, I mean, fuck, it's awesome. Somebody to hold you accountable 100%, not just let you yeah, do, do some bad things, but yeah, reach out. And it's important to keep reaching out. And I reach out all, as often as I can to everybody Good. here. As soon as you stop listening to the podcast, go do something for yourself. Mm. Turn off the device, get up off your ass, and go do something for yourself. Physically, mentally, emotionally, a therapy appointment, a fringe, a call, whatever. Get up and do something for yourself. Mm -hmm. Open your windows. Yeah, the the, the (laughs) reason why Jeff said that is because I told him to get up and open the fucking blinds, dude. (laughs) I'm like, it's a bright, sunny day today. Let's go out and and uh, enjoy that, you know, Mm -hmm. and to echo kind of what the table said and kind of wrap it up is that, you know, everyone's in that dark spot. The best thing for therapy is get out in the sunshine. Mm -hmm. I found that uh, because I have horrible seasonal depression. You know, I go to Planet Fitness. They're not paying me to say this, but uh, I go I go late. Right. Yeah. Anyway, hint, hint. But I go lay in suntan bed. I mean, the, the, you know, I put on my meditation music and I just lay there for whatever time. And um, that is for a period of time when I was at my lowest, that was the best 10 minutes of the day. Mm-hmm. You know, because you just had that, the, you know, the, the the light therapy coming in. And then like, you know, um, this year I spent the, the, the shitty months in Florida. And that's really had a profound difference. But uh, another thing I want to bring up is watch your moon phases, boys and girls. Right. Uh, as of this recording, we're in a waxing moon. And <laughs> everyone today that I've spoken with in my check-in group is like, man, I'm really struggling today. As am I. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a really bad morning. Um, and then I'm like, 
fuck this. I checked the moon. I'm like, ah, there we go. Now it all makes mm-hmm. sense. And it was the same thing last year, but everybody's like, oh, that's bullshit. But you talk to any ER nurse, right? You know, we always had our mm-hmm. really bad domestics under the full moon. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's a fact of life, but you know, every day's a therapy day. Mm-hmm. Learn to work your therapy. You know, luckily Dr. David's put a, a great set of therapy tools onto my tool belt. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, even during times during our podcast, I've had, to, I've had to ground, I've just stopped talking. And of course, you know, I work with professionals that they just take the conversation up. Um, Nick, have you ever had that and just kind of get yeah, yeah overwhelmed while you're on the air and luckily your partner can just pick up the ball and run with it. But uh, many times, go ahead, go ahead, sir. Take us out. So, uh, um, uh, I think everybody your takeaway from this is is that this is this is what the show will be about this is what our expectation is and we're definitely open to feedback um and we're really looking forward to it this group is really really dedicated and committed behind the scenes uh the 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 amount of um discussions that happen behind the scenes to get this going was uh really really good and uh we appreciate you tuning in uh, we don't know how frequent these will come out, but they will be uh, on two different platforms on the Roll Call Room podcast platform and the Shield Within pa- platform until we kind of uh, mutter our way through it and kind of figure it out. So thank you for your uh, your time. Thank you for uh, sticking with us. And uh, we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. And uh, everybody that's on this, thank you again. Yeah, man. All right. All right. Thanks. Thank Thank you. you.